0: Welcome to the Profession and Pursuit Podcast, being recorded at Grace Bible College in Wyoming, Michigan. I'm your host, Alex Bradley.
1: And I'm your co-host, Allison Verheim. Each episode will bring you stories from leaders to set you on your God-given path.
0: Enjoy, Enjoy the, the show. show. This is the Profession and Pursuit Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 1, and we're really excited to have Tommy Profit on the show with us today. And... Uh, so Tommy, um, of course you're not new to the school, just to this podcast, and so tell us a little bit about your story um, so that people who maybe aren't familiar with you or your work can kind of get a sense of who you are and what's brought you here. Um, it all
2: started when I was seven years old. <laughs> Don't worry, this won't nice. be as long of a story as that sounded. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my parents bought me a keyboard that was like, you know, 12 keys, like a little short thing. and um, I just instantly fell in love with it and just started like playing by ear and like learning stuff, so we just kept buying bigger keyboards and I just kind of did music my whole life. and it was funny because I was sitting in my basement, like you know recording music and programming MIDI, if, if, if you guys know what that is. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like doing this when I was like you know, 13, 14 years old and stuff. And now here I am 20 years later, and I'm still in my basement programming music, you know, but now I'm able to do it. Um, For a living. That was a big, that was a short, very short version. I just pretty much skipped all the details. Wow. But in there, inside of that 20 year gap, I basically started leading worship at my church. I came here to Grace Bible College uh, in the worship media program, learned how to produce, learned music theory. I was trained and mentored in like leading worship and all that stuff. And then um, basically, I mean, I had a band for 12 years that we just traveled around the country and led worship and stuff. And then, as I got married and just started having kids, it kind of it was kind of hard to have like two kids at home and then be gone 150 days out of the year. you know what I mean so I can I was, imagine <laughs> I can't leave my wife home by herself like that so um, I just prayed about you know different things and options, and God just incredibly opened the door to lead to more of a producing role, producing and composing, which I've, I'm more in love with than I was traveling and doing concerts and leading worship and all that stuff even. So right. um, it's just been a crazy ride. I would say the last three years, um, that's where the producing thing is really like kind of taken off. So,
0: Awesome. So now we heard somewhere along the way <laughs> that you were actually an enrollment specialist for Grace. Is that right? I was. When I graduated,
2: they brought me on as an enrollment specialist, and I was—I had my hand in like chapel stuff, you know, and all that stuff. Sure. Um, and then somewhere along the way, I just—you know—my passion for helping the music students kind of like I think they saw that, and we like ended up me and uh, Dr. Workama started talking about relaunching a new worship media program and and what it could be, you know, and we got real excited about. It. So we. Um, they basically brought me into worship arts from there. So I spent about 3 years in enrollment and then 3 years in the worship arts program, kind of just mentoring and training the students and doing chapel and going out and playing at high schools and kind of recruiting,
0: you know, for the school. So that's awesome. Good so times. then from from there you went right into the producing role or did you go into like concerts and tours and traveling or what was that next step that brought you away from grace to where you are now
2: um yeah while I was at Grace I was touring and I, when I think back I don't know how that worked but I was like traveling all the time <laughs> and I worked full time here mm. and I was married and I had a baby and I was like well, how did that how did all that work um, but yeah it was pretty weird because I was here fully invested in the worship arts program we were starting we were, I think we were about to start our third year or something like that. And I just, you know, through a, I'll make a long story short, I basically just prayed about building a studio, we built one kind of into my basement, and then um, I started, it it basically finished in the summer, so I I, I had like summers off from, Mm -hmm. you know, working here. Sure. And I, so we left in May, we're like, see you in August, and then June 1st I started in the studio and things just kind of like... Exploded not because of anything I did. Like I didn't even tell people about the studio, but like all of a sudden, um, people from New York were emailing me. People from South Dakota, from Florida, from Grand Rapids, and like they're like, "Hey, I heard you have the studio." I'm like, "How? How do you hear this?" You know. Awesome. And I had like eight months of like projects booked, and I was like, "I can't go back to Grace." Like I thought if I worked really hard for a year then maybe it could go full-time. Like, that was my plan, you know? Yeah. And God was like, hey, how about, like, one week and it goes full-time, you know? And, like, <laughs> he, I just feel like he has always been behind this whole process and, like, it just, like, picked up like crazy. So, yeah, I had to basically just meet with, you know, the school and be like, I'm not able to come back. And they were, you know, they were excited for me, but it was also, like, I as a student and as an employee like I was here for nine years you know so I mean anytime you're at a place for nine years I mean it's kind of like it's like family you know it's kind of like home so yeah it was kind of crazy.
0: That's
1: awesome. I do kinda wanna ask about the family side of things. So you've been an enrollment specialist and faculty member and producer and husband and dad. How did you find that balance? Like especially for some of our younger listeners who might be kind of getting into that really kind of full-time career. How were you able to Mm. juggle that?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I think I think probably not very well at first. And I think, you know, the students probably even remember I would come in and I, like some days I was probably like just so frazzled and I just didn't, you know what I mean? Like my brain, I was like, my brain's not working today, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I was always on the go. I was always forgetting things. And I, first of all, I mean, my wife is awesome. And I feel like, you need to be married to the right person in order to put up with all of that, you know what I mean? Um, but she was just so supportive and encouraging along the way, and um, I mean that was awesome for us to see. But, yeah, there was definitely things we had to work through and learn as we went, you know? We had to, like, okay, what does this look like to add this to our list and add this to our list, and what, mm-hmm. what needs to be priority? And I think what really helped was... You know, if, if me and her, with me and her, her name is Angela, if me and Angela were to go out on a date and then I was just thinking about music and thinking yeah. about work and thinking about the next thing, like she totally, she would feel that, you know, like she's like, okay, you're not, you're not here. Like yeah. your body's here, but you're mentally not here. And I think my presence is what she really needed to be filled, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so once I learned how to shut that off and to be fully present in the moment, I think the time that we had together was a lot more rich and would kind of last longer, you know, until the next time we had. But yeah, it was definitely a process of learning. Like we got to a point where I was like, okay, how many weekends should I do? Cause I was literally like, we were playing every single weekend all summer long, like on tour. And then even during the school year, I would play at like three or four high schools around the state or whatever, you know? So I was just always gone you know yeah.
1: <clears throat> but it looks like she's pretty fun too i think i've seen on youtube a couple of videos <laughs> you guys have done together that's oh, yeah. hilarious
2: <laughs> and she will love you bringing those up no <laughs> you're
0: welcome yeah that. we
2: did a couple um, pregnancy parodies on youtube and it's always fun cuz she's so not a camera person she's actually really shy and like the the first time i ever like convinced her to finally be on camera it like went viral, and she was on Good Morning America and all over like the news in Grand Rapids, and it had like a million views in a week. And she was like, "Oh no!" She had like well, her high dad- school friends calling her like, "I just saw you dancing on TV with your pregnant belly," and she's like, "Oh my gosh, people she That's hasn't so seen awesome. in ten years." You know?
1: <laughs> but also like, super relatable as a mom myself, I was like, "Yes, like I feel you, girl." Yeah,
2: I know that was so funny seeing the the pregnant community respond to that like. It was like pregnant women unite. Like, yeah, I have heartburn too. Yeah, I pee my pants when I sneeze too. Yeah, just kind of like bringing up the things that like people don't talk about. It's like funny, Uh, you know what I mean? Like everyone knows that those things happen, you know.
0: Obviously, um, now like working in some of the different. Um, projects that you've had with TV shows, movies, Mm. um, even in the music realm. You know, you've kind of made this uh, jump outside of this Christian circle, so to speak. Mm. And um, maybe talk a little bit about, like, what led you to make that decision and, you know, what you've seen as a result of, like, kind of using your giftedness in a wider variety of projects.
2: Yeah. Um, You know what's really cool is, like, I never, like, set out – For specifically where I'm at right now. Sure. Which is awesome because I I feel like it's where my strengths are and it's probably where my passion lies the most. I just wasn't aware of it, you know. As far as like a majority of what I'm doing now, probably 80%, like you said, is like TV film stuff where it's big epic cinematic music for like, you know, stuff for movie trailers and TV promos and, and stuff like that. Yep. Um and I always loved that so much, and I would even listen to it, but like I just didn't have an avenue um, for that stuff. So, like, I didn't spend tons of my time making the, that kind of music because it wouldn't go anywhere and it was just a waste of time, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was, I'd rather right. write a song that I would do in a concert the next week or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. stuff for albums or whatever. Um, it was just kind of a crazy story. I mean, I guess how it all happened was, like, um, getting connected to Capital. Uh, Capital okay. CMG. Um, they're the label in Nashville. Um, and they're just an incredible... Christian label. And so I actually have a buddy named um, Nate Firestein. His artist name is NF. I Mm -hmm. don't know if you've heard of him or not, but he basically, we were friends, and he just called me one night. it was literally that same summer I just opened the studio, okay, so it was like a month after it was finished. That's
1: was a really big summer for you.
2: <clears throat> it was like crazy, and it feels, I mean this phone call is like, we always look back at this one phone call, it's like, dude, what if you never called me? Because we knew each other for probably, you know, three or four years before that. We just didn't, we didn't stay in touch a ton, you know what I mean? Yeah. But all of a sudden, um, he just called me, he was like, hey man, I'm just, I'm in Grand Rapids tonight, just wondering what you're up to, if you wanna hang out or whatever. And usually I'm like, you know I'm usually like, "Oh, I gotta work or I'm busy or whatever." Um, <clears throat> but that specific night, my wife was out of town, and I was just kind of like all day I was like, "Man, what should I do tonight? Should I rent a movie or should I record?" A movie? You know I was thinking about it, and for whatever reason, um instead of being like, "No, man, I got plans." like I was like, "Yeah, dude, why don't you come over? I have a new I have a new studio, you should come check it out?" And we ended up recording because we both love to do that, and we wrote a song that ended up you know getting to labels and getting him some attention and they ended up you know he got a few record deal offers so when he went down in Nashville he's like dude you got to come with me you're my producer you know I was like I got this project man I don't know if I can do it you know some (laughs) some project whatever I was working on at the time and he's like come on man I really want you to I was like it's gonna be like three or four days why would I go you know like I guess I'll support him so I went down there and I just didn't have a clue what that trip would be either because, I mean, they ended up you know signing Nate, but then they also, they looked over at me like, so what's your story, you know? And I was like, uh, I'm a worship leader and I produced his hip hop songs, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so they just started talking to me more and more. And, um, I basically, it basically led to them offering me like a songwriting deal and a producing deal. So they started sending some more stuff, me and Nate kept working. Um, so this is the long answer. Uh, but basically, through that process, um, it just opened the door to work with different people, and I kind of just organically fell into this TV film thing where I wrote with a couple people, and then we got some, like, really big placements right away, and they're like, huh, you guys should work together again. So we did, and then we got some more placements, and they're like... You know, you should work with these people too, and let's try other people. And then we started doing that, and it just kind of built this thing where now um, there's an incredible team in Nashville that I just feel so lucky and blessed to be a part of um, this circle of people that pitch for TV film, that write for TV film, that we all kind of work together, and we all bring our strengths, which are way different, into one thing. And, um, you know, it's I mean, they've been really awesome, and they've been killing it. So, um, yeah, I feel like that has now become probably 85% of what I'm doing. And as far as like, you know, you mentioned something like out of like the Christian circle or whatever, like what's cool is how I've seen God shape and direct everything. And even with the TV film stuff, he's blessing that. And what kind of took me off guard, I guess, was like, oh, like he can bless things for, you know, his his people. That isn't necessarily in a ministry field, you know what I mean? Like, what if you're a plumber, you can never be blessed by God because you're not (laughs) in ministry, you're not a youth leader, you know what I mean? Like, for sure, it kind of opened my eyes, like, okay, yeah, like I led worship for years and years and years, and it was an awesome season and it prepared me for what I'm doing now. But now I see like God kind of like opened these doors for me to utilize fully the gifts that He gave me and land in this place where I'm working honestly. I feel fortunate, I'm working with mostly. Christian people in that circle. Sure. But occasionally I'm working with people who aren't. And it's awesome to be able to be seen as a Christian by a non Christian. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Right. Like I'm pretty sure like that's that should be something that we get to do, you know? Yeah. So no doubt. Um Yeah, it's just an awesome way to see God's hand in like working in all areas of life rather than just specifically. In the church, which is where I was for so long, you know what right. I mean? Right. Oh,
0: absolutely. And I think a lot of people are picking up on that sense. You know, um, there's a lot of conversation about like faith and work, and mm. you know, um, yeah. Like uh, I remember listening to Tim Keller talk about how does an actor in New York City in Manhattan, you know, work out his faith in his industry, and you know, God has to meet us wherever. He's called mm-hmm. us, and not everybody can be <laughs> a pastor in a church because then nobody would be in the pews, you know, and so totally. um, um. it is an important thing that I think people are starting to get a sense of more. So,
2: Yeah, and you can really, like, I mean, have a testimony just in how you carry yourself and people see a difference, you know. They notice you're not doing this, you're not doing this, or you are doing this, and they might ask, ask questions, and they know what you stand for, you know I mean? I feel yep. like a lot of people... Are starting to follow me for the cinematic thing and the TV film stuff. But if you look through my, if you do any searching at all, they're going to find worship music. They're going to find, you know, I'm not hiding that stuff. I'm not even done with that stuff. You know what I mean? I I don't have as much time for it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, versus this stuff. But yeah, like I feel like I think that's important for people to see. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's like a worship leader, but he's doing this stuff and it, Oh, and he's not like judging me and he's not doing this. And oh, this is like cool. You know what I mean? And it yeah. might make them maybe more open to ideas that they might not be otherwise. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
0: So. That's awesome. I guess kind of like digging a little bit more into your story. So, like, one of the things that we're really passionate about on this podcast is um, we could all sit here and you could rattle off some random facts about yourself or whatever the case might be. But the story is where the power is. There's a reason why the Bible in particular is a story, Mm. you know, because in it is emotion and emotion is what moves people. People remember our emotional responses and things like that. So we are looking to like dive into your story and then hopefully like even like pull some nuggets out for our listeners. We've got young kids who are coming on campus and they're saying like, I don't know what I want to do with my life yet. What does it look like if I want to be a producer, composer Mm. Or, or whoever else might be on our show that might be able to lead them towards business or pastoral ministry or whatever it might be. But then we've also got listeners for online programs who are in their late 30s, 40s, maybe 50s, and they've done something for years and years and years, and they're saying, maybe this isn't what I really wanna do. Mm. I've done it because I had to. I had kids, I had a family, I had bills, and we needed to put bread on the table, but I have a chance to reinvent myself. And so, just like digging into some other pieces of your story, I hope, will give some people insight both into you got to count the cost no matter what the industry is that you're going to go into. Um, But also that God works no matter how high or low it might go at times. So kind of like the next question that we have for you is like, as you look back over the last several years, um, what has been the the deepest hardship that you've had to face and, and just kind of how did you work through that?
2: Honestly, I feel like, and I would say it probably wasn't that hard, but the, maybe the biggest sacrifice
0: mm-hmm.
2: would be, like, discipline and time. And, like, my 20s was basically filled with work. Yeah. And and most I feel like most people's 20s, at least today, is probably more, like, social gatherings and hanging out and, and video games and all this stuff. And it's, like, that's super fun and cool, but, like, this is going to sound harsh, but I feel like I feel like I give a lot of students like pep talks, <laughs> like they meet mm-hmm. with me and it's like, dude, like you got to work, you got to work your tail off. And it's like in, the tw- in my 20s, like all the people around me that were like, let's go to Applebee's and have appetizers and let's go to this movie and let's play video games and let's just hang out and let's go to this party and let's do this. Like mm-hmm. pretty quickly every night and weekend is filled with just, oh, I'm out of work. Let's just relax and watch Netflix you know what I mean and all those people that were around me when I was in my 20s like they're all now working in factories and offices and they're miserable and they can't wait till the weekend they can't wait till the the night just so they can like just watch Netflix and they're still doing that you know what I mean but they're not doing what they're super passionate about because 10 years ago they probably had you know dreams of being you know a musician or dreams of being you know an actor or whatever whatever mm-hmm. they want to do but like like what are you doing today that like is setting you up to achieve where you want to be you mm-hmm. know what sure. I mean and I feel like yeah it's just you need to have a super crazy work ethic and I think a lot of times like you know students today or, or people today in general like they might be like all right I'm going to take you know, take some time, I'm not going to get a job and I'm going to just pour into my business or my passion my whatever. And like, I feel like that model doesn't really necessarily work because nothing happens in three or four or five months and you can't go three or four or five months without a job, without any money, right? And so after three or four or five months, they're like, oh, and then they end up, I have to get a job and they give up. It's like, no, you need to work a full-time job, work and make money and pay the bills and then every single second you're not at work, you have to pour into your craft. You have to pour into your passion. You know what I mean? And yeah. and that's the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It means, you know, I can't hang out tonight. Like, oh, I can't do this, you know? And they might be like, oh man, come on, you're always working. It was like, well, yeah, but in 10 years from now, I wanna be doing my dream job, so I feel like I'm never working a day in my life. You no. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, I don't know, I just feel like that was probably the thing for me. Like, I, I mean, I had, I definitely had friends and stuff, but. It was kind of not like I had friends that we were hanging out every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they kind of just knew like, oh, he's busy with his music thing, you know, whatever. But like, I mean, I think when you love something so much, you don't, you have to love it that much in order to pour that much into it, and it requires that much work. Cause yeah, you know, for me, like, it was basically pouring my life into it for. I mean, early on, but I would say heavy, heavy, heavy pouring into it for 12 years. You know what yeah. I mean? Wow. And so. It's like, are you okay working two jobs w- for twelve years if it means like landing where you want to be? Like, yeah. Hopefully, the answer is yes because that's kind of sometimes that's what it takes. You know what I mean? These, we see so many like, not so many, but we hear of the overnight successes, mm-hmm. you know, on YouTube and stuff. It's like that's so rare. That's so one in a billion, literally. You know <laughs> what I mean? Not all Justin
1: <laughs> Bieber. Yeah. I know, and like <laughs> if it, if that doesn't
2: happen, they think that has to be their story, and it's like, man work and then pour everything into your passion for a decade and then if you're burnt out i understand and maybe you know maybe that's you're not supposed to to do that and be okay with that you know just pray like god i don't want less than what you have for me but also god i don't want
0: more than what you have planned for me like you know what i mean like you know that makes me think of um something a, a good friend of mine told me when we were Um, looking at career stuff and thinking about making a big move that was going to cost us, cost us. It was going to be a sacrifice. Um, In fact, it was to move here for this job. We had been living on the East coast for a while and um, he said, Alex, you have to be free to fail. You know, the gospel even sets you up to be free to fail. You don't have to have all the answers right now. If this seems like the right opportunity and you step into it and it doesn't work out for some reason, that's okay, too. That doesn't make you a failure. Mm. That doesn't make this the wrong decision per se, but it's a part of like that, that developmental process that God takes you through. And, um, you know, that was something that was really, really big for me. And I think when I see a lot of young people, even myself, as I look back, almost 30 now, look back into my um Earlier twenties, like fear of going out uh, and really putting yourself on the line, really holds you back in a lot of ways. Mm. So, would you just love to even hear like how you overcame some of those, or did you just never have it? Like, what was what was your life like that way?
2: I mean, I definitely feel like I've probably just been blessed by being ignorant of. Fear, almost. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, sure. But I know I've talked to so many people. Like, I mean, someone that was in my band recently that, like, incredibly talented. They were like, really, like, afraid to fail. I was like, man, like, like you have, like, who, who says that you're gonna fail? Other than, like, who's in charge of that more than God, Mm -hmm. who knows what your plan and purpose is supposed to be? Because he made it (laughs) you know what I mean like he's the one like we're we're trying like we decide if we fail or based on other people's perceptions like that's a huge thing it's how other people see it and I think the fear of failure is for some is probably like if if it looks like I failed to other people Sure. You know, I mean, or if I feel like I failed, and sometimes the first failure causes them to be like, okay, this isn't it. But like, I know this is cliche, but like, people always bring up like, you know, Michael Jordan and how mm-hmm. he didn't make the team when he was in you know, school and all. It's like, and oh yeah, just every failure leads to success, whatever. But like, that's actually true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's things that you do that don't go so well. It's like your love and passion for that like have to outweigh the fear of like, what if I don't achieve it in like, you know, overnight, like that kind of yeah. thing, you know, like what if it takes a long time and what if I just need to keep working at like I, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, when I first started, like I would make a bunch of tracks and like sometimes they would land somewhere. Sometimes they wouldn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just decided like, man, like every time a track doesn't land, it wasn't like a waste of time and it wasn't a waste of a track. Cause that was me learning. That was me mm-hmm. getting more experience. It was me learning what doesn't work. What does work, you know what I mean? Like, it's For all sure. part of a learning thing, and I I think it's just perseverance is so important in any area of your life, but especially when it comes to, like, career, goal, yeah. passion, like, your life pursuits.
1: So on that note, you're grinding it out. You're working really hard. Um, what would you say, instead of kind of the negative aspect that we've kind of been talking about a little bit, what was the biggest success that maybe just came really unexpectedly?
2: Um I would say it was definitely the the whole like Capitol Records thing, yeah. where I was like, "What?" I think what made this whole journey so awesome was like, it was the minute I was like, "God, like I can't keep traveling with, with kids and a family and my wife. Like this is way too much." Like, do you want me to just work full time at Grace? Do you want me to pour into a church and lead worship? Do you want me to just tour and be that you know be a worship leader? Do you want me to produce? Like, I kind of just said. God, I cannot make decisions. I can't, I can't choose what I want to eat when I go to a restaurant. How am I supposed to choose my life path like this? Sure. Like, which option? Like, I appreciate you giving me options, but, like, please choose for me. I'm horrible with decisions. Yeah. And I feel like ever And I remember where I was actually... I specifically prayed that prayer, Kalamazoo in 60th, right next to Walgreens. Damn. Like, I remember where I was, and I feel like everything started falling into place. And as soon as I stopped trying so hard like as far as doing my thing like it was more just like god like you do whichever one of these works best for everyone which works best for my family for me for whatever i'm going to be doing and things fell into place and um the whole you know nate called me and capital that whole thing and like the the tv film thing which was even once i was with capital unforeseen and now it's just kind of like i fell into a a home there with this stuff you know what I mean and and yeah. I'm still I mean I'm still doing other things I'm still able to work with some artists and wor- write some songs for either CCM or worship songs or whatever you know but I think this is just kind of you know where, where God has me and I just I'm loving it you know. That's awesome. Did that answer your question? That was perfect. Okay. For sure. <laughs> On point, man.
1: <laughs> so, Tommy, one thing that we want to do is at the end of every single podcast, we want to ask the same question, um, just so our listeners can kind of get a another little nugget from you. Mm. Um, so do you feel like there's been one verse, um, one quote, something that just really has kind of stood out in, in your life to kind of get you to where you are, get you through some of the, the hard times?
0: Hmm.
2: I mean, I'm trying to think if there's been one specific thing. I think the one quote or, I guess, motto that I've kind of always remembered, and this was like this became the, basically, the mission statement of our band, and even still now, like it rings true in every area of life. Like, I always used to every time we did a concert, I was always I would always say these five words: nothing else matters but God. Mm. And I know that sounds like, oh, that's profound, like, duh. (laughs) But, like, if you think about it, like, if you just sit and chew on that, like, literally nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. Like, nothing else in life. Like, because when we die, like, the only thing we take with us is our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that is the only thing that really is worth investing into in such a level that's, like, like, if you have to sacrifice any area sometimes that's that's kind of the area that we tend to like you know neglect a little bit yeah but I feel like that is the one area that's like if there's one thing that's important you know Mrs. Bobbitt actually the my piano teacher here she said one time in class she she quoted a dude and I'm sorry I don't know the dude's name so the actual guy who said (laughs) this I don't know but the person who relayed the quote Mrs. Bobbitt Kayleen Bobbitt (laughs) she said something like I have so much to do today that I must spend the first 3 hours in prayer. That's
0: awesome. Martin Luther.
2: Yeah, Martin Luther, that's the dude. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, awesome. So he was like, wow, I'm so busy today. I need to spend the first 3 hours in prayer. And most times like, I'm so busy today, I can't spend time to do any, you know, any time with God or whatever. That's awesome. Yeah. But I feel like pouring into that is literally like mm-hmm. you'll you'll never walk away from time with God thinking, yeah, I shouldn't have spent my time doing that. That was wasted time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even when you're not motivated, just start, and then you'll just be like, wow, this changed my day. It's changed my
0: perspective. Such a good perspective. That's awesome. That's huge. So, kind of last thing here is just like, you know, what are you working on next? Where can people go to like keep up with you after the show's over um, to kind of see what's going on in your world? Mm. I'm
2: neck deep in several projects right now, but. (laughs) Per usual, it sounds like yeah, yeah, just a couple albums that are being finished up, and then um, TV film trailer stuff. Um, but yeah, I pretty much
0: just Do have you not it. drop any names on. Oh here? no, I
2: yeah, well we're working on the new NF record. Okay. Nice. Um, I mean, I'm doing a couple of people from Grand Rapids, a couple of their projects. Yeah, I just have a website and Instagram and Facebook and all, that, and it's just my name, Tommy, Tommy, Proffitt. Proffitt. Tommy yep. Two
0: M's, two E's, two T's. Yep, one F, <laughs> one F though, <laughs> one F two T's. That, that does throw you off. It <laughs> throws incredible. everyone off. You start it's, doing it's double a so much, yeah awesome well uh thank you so much tommy for joining us today on our inaugural podcast we oh man i am it. just humbled and honored season one episode one right here for
1: sure it just
0: happened it just <laughs> happened it's now in the books yeah and uh i had a lot of fun this is so much it was fun. cool we're totally. glad to have you um and thank you for our viewers who joined us this morning um so yeah thank you guys so much
1: So how much fun was that, Tommy Prophet? Awesome. He was so good and um, just really resonated a lot with me. I would say probably my favorite part would have been his quote, "Nothing else matters but God." I mean, really, you you strip it down and none of this world matters. You know, We're just gonna go up to heaven and, and spend eternity with him. So when he talked about that and keeping that, his focus, his band's focus, that was huge. Um, but I would say something that I probably struggled with early on in my career, and he touched on this and it really resonated with me as well, how he was able to be a worship leader as a worship leader. But he was able to carry that through and, and still sort of serves that purpose, even though he's producing music or as a dad or as a husband. Um, and I know when I started in admissions and recruiting students, I was trying to figure out what is my my purpose? Um, I was able to be blessed with this minimal paying job, you know, what am I doing long term? How am I able to be a Christian, you know, long term? What is God calling me to do? And over a span of about 8 years, I've realized that I can show his light and live my life while working in higher education. That that is my life purpose, that is my calling. And so when Tommy was talking about how we need to what we're doing in our day to day, whether it's on the stage, you know, when we've got our name tags on and handing out our business cards, or what we're doing in our homes, you know, with with our kids or, or just us, we always need to have that in mind. We we need to be consistent. Um, we need to be just living a Christ life, Christ like life. <laughs> um, no no matter what we do, and so that was something that. Um, Just really he hit it out of the ballpark
0: with me when he absolutely you know and that's so true and that's something that i think we can all learn from and grow in and for me one of the things that really stood out was this conversation about like hard work doing the grind putting in the hours Um, you know for him it was like i'm gonna spend my 20s working while my friends are having fun but today I'm the one having fun now and my future is all in front of me now too. And that was just like really encouraging. And, you know, that was a lesson to a certain degree. Um, I had to learn myself, you know, I got married at 22, started the whole like workforce thing. And it was kind of like a hard start, but, um, you know, now I, I've found something that I really enjoy and I'm excited about and I'm yeah. good at. and But it took a lot of hard work and some failures along the way. And, you know, one of the things that I think of with that, though, is like, you know, what do people think of when they think of hard work? Is it just putting in an honest day's work? Or, or what is he talking about there? And I'm I'm really convinced like it's, it's going beyond expectation, you know, success doesn't happen when you just do what people expect of you. That is never the case. It's when you go beyond and you do something that's, um, going to break those expectations. That's going to push boundaries. That's going to, um, be bigger than somebody else imagined for you. And so, um, you know just thinking through that like hard work looks bigger than just a job description really so um was really really blessed by that and super excited to have him on as our first guest on the on the show and um yeah Totally.
1: Yeah. So just knowing some of our listeners being at all different phases of life, different career goals, um, and, and definitely different placements where they are in their career, kind of thinking through some ideas for folks who, you know, might be in a different place, might really not know how to. Be that worship leader wherever they're at. I think it's critical, um, just spend time in prayer with God. I know Tommy mentioned he remembers the intersection he was at when he said, you know That's what, crazy. God, you just take it. You just take it all away and and make it happen as you know it will best happen. And so I think it's so critical for people just to spend that time with the Lord in prayer. Um, of course reading through the Bible, but just really kind of trying to feel in, in their heart and and listen to what God has to say for them. Um, and you know, sometimes it helps talking to somebody else, if it's a pastor, if it's a youth minister, if it's your mentor, somebody that you really trust, somebody who can guide you through that. I think those conversations are critical to have, especially as you're kind of trying to figure out what is my next step? What does God want me to do in this life? So I think that's really important for people to think through and act on. And then also, as they're trying to advance their career, you you hit the nail on the head with, um, it's not just what your job de- description says. You've got to go above and beyond that if you ever intend to advance your career. And so sitting there and thinking through what's expected of me when I'm punching my clock from 8 to 5, but then what's not expected of me that I can do to excel in this job, and that will sort of push me forward and and really kind of start off my career. So for people to sort of think through what the minimum is and then to exceed those expectations is critical if they want to kind of continue to grow personally and professionally, I think.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll look forward to speaking with you in a couple more weeks as we bring uh, President Ken Kemper onto the show. We're excited to have him joining us. And so stay tuned. Thanks, guys.